to No Stupid Answers Episode 9, the show with the most qualified people discussing and answering the most interesting questions from Reddit. I'm Colton Wallace, as always, joined by my podcast heroes, queen of podcasting, Laurie Asava. Hey, hey. PhD, Dr. Jessica Yazarians. Hey there. And our resident linguist, Josh Vietro. Hi, Colton. Is NHL 98 starting lineup action figure still of interest? Um... Yes. What's the bid at? We're currently at $4.25. Okay. Shipping included? Free shipping. Free shipping. Uh, bid. Bid. Bid up. Okay. I'm going to put my max at 5 And in case they bid $0.76, cents, then I'll come back and we'll do five oh two, And then we'll do a sort of a piecemeal kind of bid. I might just put the max at 6 Really get it going. Well, you don't have the money, so I thank you for trying. <laughs> your, time, your time is up. Thank you for the input. So let's go right into it. So we right. have uh, our first question today comes in from user Lana Del Rey Mysterio. Why is working a lot so exhausting, even if the work isn't physically intense and or mentally demanding? Um, I think that my gut reaction to this question is that it's intense. It's difficult because. Uh, oh, I guess that actually doesn't answer the question. I have no idea because I was going to say because your brain requires a lot of calories. Your brain is like the most expensive thing in your body calorie-wise. So, But they're saying it's not mentally demanding. So I don't know. I, I think maybe they're saying it's not mentally demanding because as you, uh, the poster says, they generally work as a substitute teacher five days a week and work an extra two hours on three to four days as a private tutor. And then they say that sub substitute teaching at their school generally isn't that demanding. But I think maybe they're underestimating the demand of having their attention on something for that many hours a week. Yeah, I agree. I think that most tasks, even ones that may appear like not intense, still take energy to process. And it sounds like the user is um, working quite a lot. So that's like... Sounds like, okay, five days a week, but like, I'm assuming that's eight hour days plus then an extra two. I don't know. Then maybe up to 10 hours a day. That's kind of a lot. I would get burned out that way. I did get burned out <laughs> working yeah. extra hours because it sucks. Even though it was something that I really love to do. Um, I think that that en extra energy just really like, eventually it's like, you got to pay it back, right? Mm -hmm. You're like, making small withdrawals from your um, mental energy and your soul energy, I guess. If you take too much out, like then you're kind of left feeling tired and you got to make a deposit. That's yeah. my analogy of the day. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I just feel like even if you're doing something that's completely not demanding at all, if you're required to be tentative to something for, say, 45 hours a week, like that starts to just wear on you generally because I, it's like just being tentative to something for that many hours a week, I think can become tiring in a way. I think that's just kind of just with anything. If you're responsible for being tentative to something for that many hours a week. I think also it sounds like the user is a substitute teacher and mm -hmm. it's just sometimes draining to be around certain people or around people and, some people get energy from that. Some people don't get energy from that. So even the act of being around others, being aware of your surroundings, all the things that are kind of taking place at once, you're not 
actually just focused on one small task, but you're doing many different things at once. And it might not feel like that because you get into a groove or you get into a state of flow. But I think that also weighs on why you feel a certain way um, and how draining that can be. Well, I find it amazing that the um, users saying that or that substitute teaching and working and teaching as a private tutor is really not that difficult for them. I mean, that they clearly must be very good at that. So, I mean, kudos to them. They're probably working at a maybe a higher level than other people would work in that job. So it's great for them that that's really easy for them. At, because, for example, for me, when I read that uh, the work isn't physically intense and or mentally demanding, the first job that on my spectrum came to mind was working in a toll booth. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yeah. that is something that's not meant that's not in physically intense or mentally demanding, but you know, teaching uh shaping the the future minds of America is a very uh important job. And it's not not even a very important job because that sounds patronizing, but just to say that uh it's not something that uh everybody can do requires a lot of skill and uh, talent to do really well. I used to feel wiped out after teaching. Um, I would teach like uh, maybe five to six different discussion sections of chemistry a week when I was a grad student. And wow. um, it was uh, hour long sessions. And so um, I'd have, you know, some days where I'd have a couple of the sessions in one day. And then, um, you know, I really like, uh, was passionate about teaching. I like loved to do it and I took it pretty seriously. I put a lot of energy into making sure my discussion sections were good. Um, and I really liked doing, doing them, but that like extra work, like definitely started to leave me feel, uh, feeling like drained and like wore out and burnt out. I was just going to echo that and say that I had had like a somewhat similar experience working as a teaching assistant as a grad student where I, I felt that I was able to do it pretty easily. I felt like it was pretty comparably. It wasn't that difficult of a job. It was just like that. It wasn't physically intense or really mentally that demanding. Um, and I somewhat enjoyed it to a small degree, but um, <laughs> probably smaller degree than you, Jessica. <laughs> uh, and then as a result, I mean, as the years go have gone on, I, uh, I am just, I am so mentally burnt out from doing that kind of stuff. I don't want to ever teach that. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to do that ever again. Um, so just in general or college students, I think that I could teach again, like maybe, but like, I just, I, I mean, I, I just feel like it's just, I don't know. I'm at a loss for words, like burnt out is how I feel about it. Yeah, I think for me, I felt like um, what I loved about teaching was helping people and like that sense of satisfaction in getting a student to like really have that aha moment with organic chemistry. It was like, it was really gratifying to me and it was like a huge motivator, but like that yeah. alone doesn't like it only brings you so far. Right. And then, sure. um, you know, in a lot of ways, I feel like teaching, at least um, as a teaching assist assistant, <laughs> like a GSI is what my title was. Um, graduate student instructor. Yeah, graduate student instructor. Um, it could be totally a thankless job. Oh, and sure. And it's just like, oh, my God. Like, 
you know, for every one person that you help a lot, the rest of the class might not, like, clearly they don't want to be there. It's like, why do you even come? Like, this isn't even required. We don't take attendance. Like, why are you wasting everybody's, like, like life energy? Exactly. I think that, like, Lori kind of, like, hit the head or uh, the nail on the head when she said, you know, that, like, some of these situations and people, other people around you can be really draining. Um, like, we all know energy vampires <laughs> um you know i and- yeah yeah for sure <laughs> i taught online classes and sections for a, a couple years too and and once covid started and it was like i i did that for basically two years straight and um it was it was it became there were some really amazing classes and there were some really horrible like really terrible classes um, that just did not, it was just very challenging. It wasn't even just challenging. It was just, uh, incredibly draining to teach these classes. I taught, uh, various classes across different colleges and the university, basically all across these like humanities and social sciences fields. And so a lot of times in these classes, I'm basically kind of teaching myself the whole subject first and then like leading the class and stuff. Um, but like I can do it, it's fine. But it's just that um, it is, it is, uh, it was incredibly, it just made me feel so empty at the end of everything. I just felt like I, you know, it's just like you said, Jessica, like you want to help students, like you want to, you want, and you want to be there for like when, or you want to help people come to like an aha moment, right? Mm-hmm. In some way, like yeah. that's really, re- that's like a really rewarding thing when like, oh, wow, like that really, they really, you know, that really blew their mind or whatever. But it that that only goes definitely has a very limited uh yeah, it only goes so far, just like you said. So I, I think uh Lana Del Rey Mysterio that maybe teaching is actually more draining than you're giving it credit for. And I don't know if that's a situation where, you know, if somebody asks you you don't want to appear as though it's too hard, so you just say, Oh, it's easy, but maybe it is actually draining. I think I don't think anybody would assume that teaching is easy yeah i don't think think, like in any like no matter what you're teaching even if you're doing like you know preschool and like you know early education even that like none of that none of it is easy though like but i don't know any person that would like um you know like ever think that it would be easy so yeah i would i reject your your comment (laughs) well i'm not saying that I'm not saying generally people think it's easy, but I'm just saying as like a mechanism where you want to appear like when you, when you're projecting yourself, a lot of times you don't want to say something's hard. You don't want to say like, Oh, this is hard and tiring. And I, I used to be like that, but now I'm just like, no, if I get like much over 40 hours, I'm going to start to be like a little burned out from it over time. I was just going to say, there's also technology that we use all day. That's very draining. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there's new uh, articles out talking about Zoom being super draining from what you do. I mean, just the act of looking at yourself on a, a video call is really is very draining, but also just always having to focus. So there's one element and not saying that this person uses Zoom or, or Teams or anything like that. Um, but I do think we have a lot of things that can be draining in our energy. So are you eating proper foods? Are you, are mm-hmm. you, um, 
connected to your to the news and things that might cause you to like stress or feel unfocused um things that might be kind of swirling around in your workspace that might be happening or i mean as a teacher you're like dealing with one kid over here and another kid over here and another kid over here and they all have special needs or things that they need to be able to do their best work and you're constantly living in this space of kind of the flight fight kind of freeze mode um, and your brain is constantly scanning for things which depending on what situation and where you're at it can kind of go up and down but I think those things will also cause you to just drain your energy so even if I'm just sitting at home watching tv and not really doing much thinking to being very active at work I think there's different things that stimulate energy and can also drain your energy at the same time I agree I was also thinking with this question that like um you know like American culture puts just so much emphasis on the need to get like life satisfaction and I guess the opposite of what the user is saying, like to actually get energy from their work in a, in a way, like our culture kind of like implies that you should get some type of, you know, like grand satisfaction and almost like a spiritual, you know, like um, uh, element of your work, right? Like you're passionate about mm -hmm. it, right? You're, we're all supposed to like get this ideal. Um, and I, the more I have, more jobs I've had and like the older I get, like the more I think that's trash and like it is possible to be passionate and satisfied in your work. But like, I think that like, it's also okay to call work what it is and it's just work. And yes. it's not, it doesn't need to be nourishing. And if it's not nourishing, it doesn't necessarily have to be draining. But I think that when you're putting in effort into something like work, um, <laughs> like it's, I think almost normal and like, I think it's probably natural for it to be draining over time. And yeah, well, you get put in a situation where it's like, uh, do you actually want to do this? Then you should want to put in all this extra time to like get there. Like that's kind of the mentality that's given to you. Like if you want to succeed, you need to put in this extra time or that's like what you need to do. Yeah. And in this case, the user saying that their passion project is like this extra like side gig of tutoring. But like, um, you know, if you are doing a normal workload and, you know, that's got a certain energy expenditure associated with it, like an energy drain, like even the passion product project is going to like take some of that energy. So um, anyways, I think that like work is just inherently draining and that like we as people need to like focus less on work and more on things that are nourishing and that are like kind of decoupled from careers and um, your identity in your career and as your like discipline or all those things. Cause I think that we all need a little bit more nourishment, <laughs> I guess. And it shouldn't come from, shouldn't be coming from work. <laughs> so anyways, take some time off. <laughs> yeah. That, that feeling when you're like, you're trying to sustain long hours week after week and feeling burnout. I think that's completely normal. I, that always happens to me. Like once I start getting to like 50 hours consistently, then like all this other stuff in my life starts to kind of fall off because I don't have the time or energy for it. 
So I think that's like a completely normal kind of feeling to have when you're, when you like are working that much every week. And I, yeah, so I don't think that's like incorrect or like there's anything wrong. Like I think that you will feel burnout if you work that much. Yeah. And I will just plus up exactly what um, Jessica just said. I think a lot of times we confuse passion with energy. And if I have passion, I can just push through what mm-hmm. I need to do to get to where I want to go. But those are two separate things. Something that you love to do. Yes. Um, and I do agree. I think that we kind of mask a lot of overworking with passion. Um, mm-hmm. But that doesn't not doesn't necessarily mean your energy doesn't necessarily mean your like ability to stay focused and to be doing the things that you need to do. Um, I think we try to cover it as a nice bow of like, Oh, I'm just passionate. So I'm going to put in 80 hours this week to do that. And Mm -hmm. yeah, you might be passionate, but you need to be able to take a beat, regain your energy so that you can go further longer um, than the sprint that I think a lot of people try to do Really, a lot of people, um, especially when you're younger in your career, trying to get Mm -hmm. up and running and like fully invest yourself. Um, But the whole idea of taking breaks is not something that we really understand well enough, I think, when we're younger. Um, And honestly, a lot of older people, too, don't don't necessarily connect that that thought. So just saying try to keep those two separate things energy and passion they're very different things and i think that a lot of times we blend them together i agree good question yeah thanks for the question lana del rey mysterio um our next question comes in from user duke of indiana and the question is do i need to watch the original top gun before going to see the new one and for this question, um, we actually watched the original Top Gun to let you know if you needed to watch it or not. <laughs> um, as to seeing it before the the new Top Gun Maverick movie, um, no, you don't need to. Um, but it would probably like enhance your experience of it, but it's not going to be a requirement. However, the question I want to answer for you is should you watch the original <laughs> Top Gun? <laughs> should they? Yes, should they watch the original Top Gun? So your answer is yes. No, my answer <laughs> <laughs> my answer is complicated. Okay. What's what's your answer, Colton? Um I think my answer is if you like the plane combat scenes are kind of cool and every time they play Danger Zone is pretty cool. <laughs> um <laughs> some They play a like, lot. I know they play four songs. <laughs> um, so I would say I kind of liked like the plane combat stuff and the danger zone stuff. And that's mostly it. There's some other weird things that happen. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? But um, <laughs> yeah. So if you are like interested in that, I would say watch it, but I don't think it's a must watch movie. Have you guys all had you guys all seen this movie before? Yes. I don't know if I had, and if I had, I definitely blocked it out of my memory. I, same, Lori. Like I'm I watching it, felt brand new to me. <laughs> yeah, same, same. I I don't think I had seen it, or maybe I saw it on like TV when it was like interrupted by commercials every five minutes. 
Um, I 100% saw this movie when I was a kid, and that is why a kind of a uh, inside joke between me and Colton is that I used to have his name saved in my phone as Goose for many years. <laughs> and I, w- I will say that it has been quite a while since I'd seen Top Gun, um, but I decided upon my rewatching that, yeah, absolutely, Colton kind of is. He Goose is the character that I think best fits Colton. Um, not dead at the end i know he probably wants to be iceman i was gonna say why am i not iceman because i'm iceman what (laughs) everybody wants to be iceman everybody wants to be val kilmer okay (laughs) nobody wants to be tom cruise anymore yeah i was i I kept i was racking my brain the whole time i was like who is maverick i was like i ain't gonna be Maverick. i'll probably i'm probably actually maverick you know, I kind of, you know, that that movie is so ridiculous. My 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 <laughs> my advice to the user is you have to watch the movie and then afterwards answer the question. Top Gun. Great movie or greatest movie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, I would say if you haven't seen it, it is a classic in as far as like. People will use terms like Maverick and Goose and things like that. Um, so if you haven't seen it, I would suggest you do it. Not sure it's relevant for anything going into the new movie. I haven't seen the new movie yet. Um, my biggest critique of Top Gun, though, was that I don't believe they cast the girlfriends properly. I yeah. think that um, Tom Cruise needed to be with Meg Ryan and Goose needed to be with the other girl. I think they needed to swap them. Um, bothered me the entire time. So I couldn't I get over it. Meg Ryan was kind of the other girl. And she needed yeah. to be Meg Ryan, not the yeah. other girl. Yeah. I don't know if I'm just biased because I like Meg Ryan and honestly didn't really know the other girl or what. But I just felt it's like it's so crazy to watch to these swapped. movies from the 80s and 70s and see these movie stars and just kind of you can you inside you kind of just feel a glow in your heart and you kind of just light up and <laughs> seeing the face of Meg Ryan and Tom Cruise together. Yeah, so Top Gun came out in 1986, so it's 35 years old. Oh wow. I was really surprised with the old movie like how childish everybody was. Yeah. Like it just was like <laughs> yeah. I was like oh since when are like people in the in the Navy portrayed this way. Jessica like, and I were talking about how the pilots are all just like basically children's characters, essentially. Yeah. It's yeah. like they have they these have... childish like interactions the whole movie. And that was like the okay portrayal of like a man going into like the top like naval flight school in the whole fucking world <laughs> to act like a 16 year old. Like, what the fuck? And then, then the like, girl that tom cruise what is the actress's name is gonna drive me crazy um that he like was the you know that was the love interest like it irritated me that she was just like well let me just you know risk my entire career like just casually you know by starting a relationship with you and also can we talk about the scene where tom cruise just walks into the ladies room (laughs) what oh yeah What the fuck? Yes, I, 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 Josh I had... specifically called that one out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess we're obviously into deep into spoiler territory here, but oh, sorry, I... yeah, we're spoiling the original. At this Top point, Gun. the movie is thirty-five, yeah, 35 years old. Years. Like, get over it. <laughs> but the you question skip specifically, but the question specifically is coming from somebody who clearly hasn't seen the original, right? Oh, true. But Whoops. all right, we you had you had your moment. We're done with that person, though. But yeah. <laughs> 
I I know we we were. I don't. I feel like I remember Lori. I feel like I look. I looked at you and you weren't. You were paying attention, but you were like on your phone. You weren't quite paying attention. Wow. And I remember I just watched this whole scene and I was like, wow. So he just walked into. He just like followed her into the ladies' room and like kind of threatened her. It's like, kind of cringe. Yeah, all of it. It's yeah. like it's like real gross. Yeah, it's like I guess like back in 1986 that was supposed to be interpreted as like um attractive for him that he would yeah. be like that he would be like sexually yeah. assertive or something i don't know about attraction right it's okay he sang her that song after so like, no he sang the song there, right? before oh. he's a maverick he's just kind of a bad boy but sometimes <laughs> yeah. he's a little bit too bad <laughs> <laughs> tisk, tisk. Um, you know, uh, tom cruise also introduces himself to like everyone is all hey i'm maverick <laughs> 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 I will say I wouldn't go against a whole Navy crew singing a song to me, though. I would be down. Yeah, for that. I think that's pretty cool. Oh, that that part's cool, but like all the other stuff is kind of cringy. They go one and... step too far in pretty much everything. Like, okay, like don't go follow her. Don't go do these things. Like a song, okay, whatever. But yeah, got a little weird. And also, it's Kelly McGillis is the woman that um i don't even know what the girl's name was charlotte i had a hard time understanding i had a hard time understanding her uh i had to turn on my closed captions to be able to understand the words that she was saying so i don't know if i was just like i don't know i'm losing my hearing or something but i had a hard time understanding what she was saying so is the is the the MIG is just like a stand-in for like Russia without saying Russia? Is that Yeah, it, who are they fighting? Was I reading that correctly? Was it Cold War stuff? Yes. Is, is that Okay, because I was like, it's kinda it seems like they're trying to say well, this is like Russian, but they don't the want to say it, that. The thing about it is that the MIG was I don't remember the particular model that they actually were that they had in there, because there was a okay. lot of different MIGs. But essentially MIGs were Soviet fighter jets, but they weren't always piloted by Soviet people. The Soviets oh. gave them to like other countries in Asia. Okay. So they're just MIGs. It's like part they're part of the Soviet bloc essentially, right? Like the right. Eastern Bloc. So it's like they weren't I don't recall wasn't watching it closely enough, but yeah, they they don't they don't ever really say, right? It's yeah, they like, just call MIGs. They don't specify the enemy. And right. I, did, I figured it was like Russia, but they didn't want to say it for some reason. Right. Well it's a Russian aircraft, but it okay. is um yeah. Soviet gotcha. aircraft. But yeah, um I I love the plane action. <laughs> I just I felt like it was anticlimactic to me. Yeah, there was some anti anticlimax. Yeah, I was confused. I don't know if it's because I'm coming off of like a lot of World War II movies, and I'm comparing mm-hmm. the like fighting in those movies to kind of a Cold War scenario where it's not like that. But it just felt anticlimactic. Like they didn't really articulate why we're rooting for them. I mean, other than (laughs) them being really good at what they do. Uh, So I felt like that piece of the rooting and like cheering and getting excited for them and being anxious and then uh, relieved. I didn't really find myself having that in the movie. Well, it's a very, it's a very, it's a very strong vein of um, kind of like um, a certain nationalistic pride in the movie too, right? Where it's, uh, it is the 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 dilemma that the characters face is like, 
they can't openly or directly fight other these other fighters because then that would like cause a World War Three, right? Mm. And so like no, now we just like fly around really fancy and like do what you know whatever, and but you basically just get into these really tense confrontations with these other aircraft, and it's like um, there's like nostalgia for like. World War Two, and it was like open and direct conflict, and you could just like you know take these dudes out. And if you can't take them out, you gotta fly right upside down on top of them. <laughs> that was so funny. I just have that image in my head. I need to get that. I feel like that's like me. That's like how I approach every situation. <laughs> that's you, yeah, flying like, your plane upside down. Well, just like inverted. Sorry. Yes, exactly. Upside. Yes, inverted to use jargon. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm sure there's like a old school like poster somewhere with that like. Oh, I'm sure. Video still. And then another '80s thing from the movie where they play volleyball, but loved it. Tom Cruise plays volleyball in jeans. Yeah, it was a little <laughs> weird. I was like, wait, what are they? What? Who? Who's wearing what and why? Yeah, it was just some of the things looked a little strange. But then I was just like, I guess it's fine to play volleyball in jeans if you're Tom Cruise. I guess you can do whatever you want if you're Tom Cruise. So I walk I, into a lady's bathroom. Fine. This has convinced me this discussion that maybe it should be recommended as you should watch it. What do you do? You guys think that I don't uh, it think should so. be watched? No, Unless, I think you know? should watch it once in your life and check it yeah. off the list. But I don't. Sure. I feel like uh, going into this movie 35 years later, I think that it's going to be kind of explained as to what you need to know. Now, you won't see the Easter eggs that I think they'll place throughout, but I do think that you'll be able to fully fall, follow along with the movie. And enjoy the new movie. Yeah, that's my hunch. But again, I haven't seen the new movie yet, but I think if I was to walk into a theater without watching it, I think I would have gotten the gist because the first movie was not that complex. Like how, yeah, like how complex can this actually be? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my yeah. opinion. <laughs> the premise is explained in five minutes, and then it's like, okay, then we just do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. All yeah. right, watch Top Gun once in your life. A great job. <laughs> great job. All right, thank you for your question, Duke of Indiana. Um, we'll continue our trend here this week of people deleting their accounts for questions that seem relatively uncontroversial. Um, this question comes in from... Uh, deleted account but their name was ww1 researcher and the question was have you ever injured yourself with sorry. a potato chip <laughs> sorry i don't mean to laugh at the name but it's just like world war one researcher why did you delete that question you know <laughs> they, yeah i don't know um, um the answer is yes i have definitely stabbed myself with chips of all types and it's been terribly painful what? and chip lacerations and pokiness i don't know it's happened to me i'm Josh, chips dangerously i guess yeah i feel like i have like okay yeah i mean who hasn't cut their like gums a little bit on some chips I especially eating like a whole stack of pringles at once definitely yeah. cut your gums or on tortilla those. chips oh tortilla chips the are worst. the worst forgot about those did we even say the question for the people listening? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever injured yourself with a potato chip? That was the question. Wasabi. I have definitely injured myself with all types of food. All types of food. 
Josh, did you say you injured yourself with wasabi? What does that have to do with chips? Wasabi can be dangerous, especially if you think it's guacamole. <laughs> oh, okay, so you're saying dangerous is like a surprise food. Sure, you could get injured with that. How nice. much crying would you do if you ate guacamole, like, or uh, wasabi like guacamole? Oh my gosh, that sounds terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it's like torture. Okay, so now, wait, are we discussing the most dangerous foods now? I mean, potato chips are really kind of... I, wait, let's stick with potato chips real quick. Because I want to talk about different ways that you can hurt yourself with potato chip. Okay, tell us. <laughs> yes, you can definitely hurt yourself by, like, cutting your mouth. I think th that is a common thing. Or it, like, gets in between your gums and your teeth or something happens. But also, if you have sat down and had your fair share of any kind of salt and vinegar potato chip and you ate too mm. many, I think you can also get your mouth very raw, and mm. yeah. that's not a good thing either. So I think there's a lot of ways that potato chips are coming after us. I agree. I don't like um, vinegar chips. Um, mm, I love them. <laughs> I love them. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they're great. Did you guys know here. that chips always used to come in a can? No. Yes. What? Like ice cream comes in wow. like a pint. It'd be like a can it's of ice chips. Would you call ice cream a can? Is your ice cream coming <laughs> in a can? Wait, do you mean, have you ever had like the potato sticks? They're not chips, but they're like little match sticks. Like the little Oh, oh yeah, those, those are, are gross. So, no, they're great. Those come in a no. little can. You have to like pop the like can top mm. off. Yeah, so, you do. Delicious. Can we can we define here what kind of cans you're getting your ice cream in? <laughs> it does kind of. I looked up like in can the of days. chips. Oh, in the okay. Well, it does kind of look everything like a pint a of ice cream, okay. but it's probably made out of aluminum. I'm talking about the ice cream in your grandma's basement. <laughs> you know that that stuff is gonna be in a can. What? <laughs> <laughs> I just think in the past most foods were in packaged in cylinders, and it's that like a lot of these old foods. It's very strange that chips used to come in a can. That ice cream still does come in pints and cylinder shaped things. We don't call they're not in cans anymore, but it used to be in cans. The good old can. Days. Was it really in a can mm -hmm. of ice cream? Because I'm googling it and I'm not seeing. That was actually the problem with it, that they had to stop using that and switch the packaging because they were coating the inside with lead. Wait, are you sure they didn't just use the paper boxes for ice cream before? They did also use paper boxes. Wow, I have a lot to... Packaging of ice cream over the years. I gotta look this up. <laughs> Anyways. So, <laughs> <See>? Chips. <laughs> Used to come in cans. Dangerous to eat in some cases. <laughs> yes. Also, eat your chips a little slower. Chew better. Don't be a monster. No, Don't I, overindulge. You say that. I know. Listen, everyone says that, but sometimes <laughs> you're just there and you got that bag of chips and you're just like, and you get going a little quickly because they're delicious. And then, you know. Yeah. And then before usually, you know it, you're bleeding. Yeah, but once you, when you get cut by a chip, do you stop eating chips? Definitely no, not. You keep eating chips. <laughs> yeah i know Your it's the one strong. injury that doesn't stop me from anything <laughs> same thing with captain crunch like you start cutting up your mouth on the captain crunch but you still keep eating it yeah you gotta you gotta just kind of break the break the yeah. first layer with the captain crunch and then once you get through that you're clear you gotta I mean, let other it dangerous foods like hot foods oh. you guys ever you know like too hot of a slice of pizza oh have sure. i have i ever yeah. 
Yeah. Every time. I never learned my lesson. <laughs> I just want that pizza, man. I, I, yeah, always too hot. And I'm always like, why did I do that? And then I do it again and again and again. Great question. Yes, chips can fuck you up. Be careful with your chips. Don't, don't stop eating. Our next question comes in from user Warren Seth. And the question is, why do so many house appliances make loud beeping noises? And <laughs> I would like to know, too. Um, how else are they going to talk to you? I mean, my, my dryer question. plays like a 15 second like song of beeps. It's a little jingle. Yeah. It's, fa- it's, it's friendly. It's not. It's annoying. You're being really mean to their AI. Well... <laughs> you can, I, from what I, I don't even know if you can turn it off. I think it's off or on. Like, there's no like alternate single chime. It just. I'm sure to, you could like hack it and put whatever song you want on there. Wait, let me spend my time hacking my drive. <laughs> yeah, you could do it as a passion project, three hours a day. <laughs> I'm into it. I um, this is actually really timely. I was just talking to my brother. He um was telling me how he was at work. He was in the office and he went down to like the IT guy to get a new computer or something. And the guy had been like going crazy. He was like, I just keep hearing this beeping noise and I can't figure out where it's coming from. And like, he checked on everything. He called the building facilities people. They had been searching for this sound for like two days. And (laughs) My brother came in and he was like, hmm, okay, so if all these people have, like, looked for it high, like, high and low, it must be somewhere that's really obvious that we're just not seeing. And it ended up being the dishwasher that they had. They had, like, a like a half kitchen in their office, mm-hmm. and the dishwasher was making the noise the whole time. So my <laughs> brother just went and, like, turned off the dishwasher, and the guy was so relieved that this noise (laughs) was no longer happening and so i definitely think that when unchecked these appliances can get out of hand with their noises um and if you don't really know what the noise is it doesn't help you yeah a perfect example of this problem i want them to make like cute robot noises like not beeping but like little like robot jingles like that like they talk to you no, 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 Like, just little robot noises. Like, beep, beep, boop, boop, boop. Yeah. Beep, boop. Little you know? R2-D2 noises. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little BB-8. Throw them in there. I want them to be able to have full-on conversations with me. I want to be able it's to coming. go in there. Yes, like the full, like the actual <laughs> like AI. Like the dryer? Yes. You want to talk like, to the I could be like, the hey. Dryer. Yeah, I could be like, hey, dishwa- hey dishwasher, <laughs> play <laughs> I Bless the Rains Down in Africa by Toto. <laughs> That's what Alexa's for. Now, is this an integrated system, or does it just play yeah. from your dishwasher? Is this, is this <laughs> Apple Home? It's, it, it can be. It's totally. In, you can it's totally inter- integrated. You can tell it exactly where to play, and then you can say, "Play only in my son's room." <laughs> That's so terrible. Yeah, Smart ba- house. basically, I'm just basically I'm just talking about the the best Disney Channel original movie of all time behind Brink, Smart House. Yes, that was a classic. <laughs> classic that's what i really want and i definitely want the ai to be that attractive actor who is also the voice of uh layla from futurama mm. leela leela 
Layla. 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 Yeah. I just want all of my like appliances to have sounds that like were developed in like 1955 by people that were trying to figure out what the future was going to sound like. Mm-hmm. And that's that's all I want. And it'll be nostalgic, it'll be cute, and it won't be as fucking annoying as like anything that you just said, Josh, because that sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. If if I could turn off the like beep on my microwave, I think I would. I wouldn't. I forget. I see I need these things because I get like wrapped up in like with other things. Like I'll wander off and forget that I have coffee in the in the microwave. But the microwave does beep again like later after it's like initially done and I'll be like, oh fuck, I forgot that thing in the in the microwave. See, I would take that, like the later on beep, but I don't need the beep right when it's done. <laughs> you do. No, I don't. You I do. think I think this beep, is boop exactly why we have the beeps is because we get distracted when you're doing things if it takes time like doing your dryer like you walk away and then you kind of forget about it and then it just reminds you and it reminded me of um i used to work for a car company we were talking about um triggers for like how you put your seatbelt on and like different Mm. types of um signals that are in your car and i um was actually talking to the ceo and she was telling me about um the reason that they have like the sounds for um your seatbelt and things like reminders like kids are in the back and stuff is because sometimes when you break your routine you completely forget what you had planned or you forget that you had somebody in the back seat or you forget that to put your your seatbelt on and so those sounds are reminders to do the things you need to do and i think it's a similar thought around appliances of you are working on something you break that routine you move to a different thing you forget what you're doing and it just allows for you to recall back to where you started and that's my assumption is why we have so many beeping noises. However, I will say always the beeping noises don't always happen when you want them to happen. And I saw this with the user around um, like it always you have to be aware of when people are sleeping. I feel like our our um, fire alarm has gone off at like two in the morning multiple times. So why does it time that way? I don't know. Wait, what do you mean? Like the ta- like the test, the fire alarm test? Yeah, like, like it sh- our batteries were going low or something. And we actually oh. have a Google Home like Nest thing for our fire alarm. And I think it was just getting old. But every time it would give us a reminder to change the batteries, it started at 2 a.m. I, f- I feel like it just was always in the wrong time. And it uses like six AA batteries. <laughs> so it's like reload six double a batteries now and it's like or dude no we just did so this like you, a month ago like two do months you have ago nest powered um like do you have to get like specific um fire alarms i guess or like smoke detect these are smoke detectors we're talking about yeah. right okay smoke do you have detect. to get specific ones that like integrate with your system we don't have I to have no, no idea. It- the landlord had just had one of those and mm. I didn't know, but apparently the nest ones, and it might've been an early one, they have to get replaced every like three years. The oh early ones, this one that we just replaced is now every 10 years. So hopefully okay, it doesn't better. start beeping again 
But yeah. I feel like a lot of these devices do beep at the wrong time. Well, yeah, I mean, at least a you know fire alarm or a smoke detector low battery that one makes sense. Like I could see where that one would beep. Um, I guess I just would like better beeps on other things like my <laughs> microwave and my dryer. And also, speaking of low battery fire um, smoke detectors, our dog is ter- terrified of that sound. Yeah. Like he, he, like, if that sound goes off, he, like, comes and hides on wherever we are. He yeah. To... He, like, jumps, like, on your lap or, like, behind yeah, he, you, he, cowers he at shaking. your feet. He's absolutely terrified of the low battery oh, sound. Poor little buddy. You're it's, so scared. Uh, it's crazy. So scared. Oh, poor little doggy. Yeah, so I wonder what other noises he'd be scared of. Like, if we had other beeping um, appliances, like, I wonder how scared he'd be of that. Are you scared? Do you think He's it's because it's so right high now. pitched? I think so, but I don't know. I mean, I've, I haven't seen other dogs. They have react more that way, sensitive ears than us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe this question gets at, at like the fact that manufacturers need to, you know, develop products that have like more pleasant sounding jingles well and again just (laughs) just to point out i don't think we need i think smoke detectors should have an unpleasant jingle because that's something that makes sense that it would need to be replaced because it's a safety thing right so i'm not i'm not arguing against safety or anything like that No, but we're talking about appliances yeah and i don't know if a smoke detector is really truly an appliance okay that's fair but anyways anyways i hope we made you just kind of feel less alone and better about this warren seth because obviously we're not going to get what we want. We're just going to have this continuous beeping. I do He's think everywhere. they're there for a reason. I think yeah. they're there they for are. a reason. I think that they're useful. I think that you guys just need to get over it All and right. enjoy your beeps. <laughs> enjoy the beeps. <laughs> like, so, I mean, how many times have you left the fridge open on accident and it beeps at you and you're like, oh. Exactly. I need to shut that. That beep, that beep makes sense. Why? See, Why all the beeps make what sense. Beeps make sense, and what ones don't? <laughs> the I don't get your rationale here. The ones I don't need. Colton just doesn't like the fact that they try to like play like little jingles, like full on yeah. jingles. Like just give me like a give me like a doo doo, doo doo, just like that. I I stand by what I said earlier. It is the correct answer. <laughs> That's all the questions we have for today. So uh, send us your thoughts or questions to our email, no stupid answers podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at NOSA underscore podcast. Subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts. If you like what you're doing, please give us five stars on your podcast app of choice. And we'll see you next time. Bye, all. The heavy plow in the agricultural revolution in medieval Europe. Oops. <laughs> Talk to you guys later. Later.